Welcome to Rocker Radio. I'm Jason Bryan, and you're listening to Well Connected. We all know Uros as a vendor of one of the more well-known MiFi devices, a device which enables bill-shock-free roaming services to roamers globally. But these days, with their work on Internet of Things, with MNOs in China, and their good speed apps on Android devices, there is a lot to be said of the company out of Oulu, Finland. It was therefore a great pleasure to meet with Jerry Ratakainen, CEO of Uros Group. In his interview, Jerry talks about his career in telecoms, from Siemens to Nokia, and then going from being the first ever employee of Uros to becoming its CEO. We work even harder because nothing is granted in this business world, but you need to be humble and you need to really go and set ultimatum high targets and then just climb over those and set the new ones. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with Jerry Ratakainen. Does it sound good? Yes, excellent. <laughs> this is one of my uh, motifs on my podcast, actually, because uh, I always meet such interesting people from diverse cultures, and they always have very interesting surnames. So it's a real pleasure to be here with Jerry. And you're the CEO of Oros Group. So you've been in the industry around 20 years. What was the motivation to get into telecoms, would you say? I was starting in Germany in that time, uh, uh, late 90s or a bit earlier. And uh, I was looking after various of companies uh, there. And then I decided to apply as an internship slash a junior job possibilities at Siemens. And they accepted me, and I started there as a trainee, actually. Right, okay. And that was 20 years ago? Yeah, 97. And how long did you stay in Siemens for? Yeah, I was a bit more than one year, uh, because I was starting, and I've been quite many years earlier also in Germany. So then I decided to relocate back to Finland. What was it that you decided to do once you returned to Finland? I was not missing that much Finland. You know, we are here <laughs> nearby uh, Arctic Circle and the <laughs> winters are relatively long. Summertime is nice, but in that time, as a young guys, they are dating with, with the ladies and so forth. And she wanted to come back to Finland. And that was the time when I was then in 1999, relocated myself to Oulu, where, where I have been since that. And uh, it was an interesting time because I didn't know anybody from this city. And I've been born in Sweden and, and I spent my childhood there. But I've been a person who, who is easygoing and, <laughs> you know, I can adapt to the new cultures, whether it's in France or Germany, Sweden, Finland, wherever the guy is just going, I would say I'm pretty easygoing. <laughs> At least I believe so. Yeah, you seem like a very relaxed guy, if I'm honest with you. Obviously a laid back kind of person. So you arrived back in, in Oulu, like convince yourself you're going to be there. So what was it that kept you motivated business-wise or in terms of your career? What were you thinking of doing there? Because of the history of my personal side, I've been always willing to see the world, every spot, so to say, whether it's in America, so Africa, Middle East, APAC, China, Eurasia, Europe, so... I was thinking that with the telecom business, I may get the opportunity to do that. 
So kind of combining work and pleasure, so to say. But obviously after a few years, I noticed that no pleasure, it's just work. I mean, traveling around the world. What was your role once you got back into Oli? Who did you start to work for there? I started to work one of the listed company in Finland called PKC Group. That, that is the company who is providing the electronics and in that time electronics and cable harnesses for the truck business. So I was dealing a lot with Volvo and Scania and the other brands worldwide like Bombardier and, and, and things like that. So John Deere, for example. So I started my career there. So I think I spent as a production analyst for two and a half years, something like that. Then I decided to go apply in the various roles. I think one role was to be part of the Volvo Corporation's factories in Belgium and Kent. But then because in all of the mobile phone era, started, you know, late 80s already, and then was applying to job for the a company called Microcell, which was then later on to sold to Flextronics. So in that time, the really mobile business started to boost, and, and uh, I've been part of that since that. So what you, were you involved with in Flextronics? Was it mobile phones themselves or devices? Actually, I was the global manufacturing manager for mobile phones, and I was responsible for all the factories inside of Flextronics, except the South American and North American operations, so all the way from Europe to Asia. And this was especially for the ODM, ODM mode, so that the Flex made the phones based on the specifications provided by the any OEM in that time who may not exist anymore or they have uh, changed the name but some are still there in the game so who were the kind of manufacturers was it a company that manufactured parts for mobile phones for particular phone brands or yeah so it was sort of kind of the turnkey solutions from building the phones from scratches, delivering the goods all the way up to logistics until whatever there was the operator, OEM directly, or the customers or the service providers, the distributors, so entire show, so to say. Okay, so foundation really in devices. And then you went to Nokia after that in around 2005. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Because in all still is the Nokia network. So I went to infrastructure side. So there and uh, the role, I had various roles there in the management position. So I was taking care of the all the other factories which were not in-house of Nokia footprint. So not the Nokia factories, but the rest of the world. So I had pretty nice business when I was a bit less than 30 years old. So it was exciting time. I have always said that it was the high school uh, of Nokia, which gave me the tools to operate them later on. So what was it like to work in Nokia at that time? I mean, everybody knows Nokia. In terms of 2005, I guess they were still very much producing a lot of devices. Yeah, device side wasn't that time pretty good shape. But uh, as I said, I was in the infrastructure side. And I liked a lot until uh, for the merger of Nokia and Siemens, then there was, because I'm not a political person. And so maybe later on, I've been developing those skills as well, because I'm pretty straightful. Like if you compare to Mike Tyson, who is the bull and he just goes and <laughs> knockdowns and, you know, whatever targets are set it up, I will fulfill and do with the next one. So I liked until that time, but too much politics I hate. In, in that sense. So you're saying that there was lots of politics in the Nokia company or? 
Yeah, in that time when the merger happened with the Nokia and Siemens, there was an awful lot of politics. And I was part of the big uh, strategy things involved there. And, and then I was coming from the five weeks tournament from East Europe up the, or doing the feasibility study of a couple of the very important elements for Nokia. And uh, I met founder and the chairman of Uros company, Jyrki Halligan, in the plane back to Oulu and Obviously, I saw the news in the Finnish media a bit earlier, and then he knocked me shoulder in the plane and said, is it Jerry? I said, yes, nice to meet you. I heard that you've been established this Uros company. What the heck you guys are planning to do? And then he said, maybe you should visit, you know, tomorrow or in two days in my office and let's have a chat. And here I am. Short story. <laughs> but going back to Nokia for a minute, because obviously at this time, in Nokia's history with the merger and everything that, that had happened, Nokia was still a really strong brand in the market, right? There were color screens, there were flip phones, etc. There were the first smartphones were being designed. I mean, beyond what Apple were going to do in 2007, there was lots of ideas Absolutely. for smartphones. Absolutely. I don't have nothing against Nokia, vice versa. I'm grateful working there and still have a great connections, great ex-colleagues. The word, as you say, uh, sometimes to me, so that this is, telecom business is so small. Everybody knows everyone. So you never know what happens. Yeah, indeed. No, I was uh, interested to see the latest banana phone last week at the Mobile World Congress. I'm sure you, yes. you uh, <laughs> might have seen it too, but Nokia bringing back the old devices or the devices which were the most popular, let's say. Yeah, interesting. Look, fancy. I was hoping to get the 8810 instead of this banana, but uh, it looks good. Hopefully the things are going well. Uh, supposedly, yes. So good luck for that. And happy to see the ex-colleagues and uh, everybody last week in MWC. So it's tough, but fruitful business, so to say. Yeah. So before we go on to talk about Uros, which mm. there's lots to say, I want to go back to what you told me before about the foundations of how you started in telecom. Just to pick up on the innovation side, to get to know you a little bit better, you were born in Sweden. Which part of, of Sweden? So uh, nearby the West Coast, as you know, the Swedish guys know, Strax, Utan, Forjete, Borg, so not so far away from Gothenburg. So that's the place where I was born, living my childhood. And your parents are entrepreneurs, so you came from an entrepreneurial background. Yes, that's correct. So obviously my dad, he worked in the automotive industry, engineering of uh, engine laboratory, and um, then he decided to move and establish his own business. And absolutely, he was hoping that I could run the family business, but ah. I thought that maybe it's time to do something else. And uh, it was running pretty well. So we had, uh, okay, it's a small, it's like 40 employee, but the, now it's sold and my parents are happily enjoying the time as of today. So well, it seems also that, you know, there were some developments in the car industry for mobile telecoms, car phones, etc. Scandinavia has always been this center of telecoms going back to the late 1800s. You know, it's like where telegraphy began. It's where the idea of a telephone, at least for, from a European perspective, really started. Mm. I would imagine being a young boy in Sweden, you are really affected by the fact that Scandinavia is this kind of home of, it's not very many people even realize that Nokia came out of Finland and that Ericsson, Siemens, all of these 
powerhouses of telecoms are Scandinavian. So especially Ericsson, Nokia, as you know, Siemens is coming Germany, but yeah, that's the fact. So I've been thinking about that. So the, what's the reason? Because the, all the innovations, what, what the people from Finland and Sweden, they've been carried out also in Denmark, of course. So I think the long, long dark days means that you need to work and you have the capabilities to work because what else to do than work and then you know make these brilliant ideas to be <laughs> to be you know exported to other parts of the world but oh, it is my opinion but maybe there's a, a tiny tiny fact also behind of this i agree with you i was raised in canada and i remember the long winters and i have to admit that it seems that this is not a bad thing because in scandinavian history design and manufacture is something which is really core i mean think of some of the brands which come out of scandinavia it's amazing and it seems to me that maybe dark outside but let's get to work let's start being creative yeah correct on the other hand if uh, sometimes some features looks like also that uh, those have been developed in the you know dark days so <laughs> Sometimes it's good if you are in the southern hemisphere and working there. So the ideas may be looking like different, but hey, well, that's life. So let's move up right to Uros. Uros began 2011, and you said before you were one of the first employees there. Yeah, first hire, actually. Yes. The first Correct. hire. Okay. So you've yeah. obviously seen a lot of changes in the company in the last few years. Yeah, changes in the sense of development from ground level zero. So when we started, we just we had the premises, but COVID marks and no tables whatsoever. I still remember the first meeting when we had a couple of handful of guys recruited. And hey, here we are. A lot of work, a lot of development, but uh, nice to be here today. And from the very beginning... Your solution was about roaming Billshock, right? The good speed device, which is now very well known, and the apps, which of course are an extension of that, was started in 2011? Yeah, actually we were pretty fast. It's not a surprise, so we have a very talented team. Everybody's handpicked. Most of the guys, we do have a Nokia heritage at least for some years, up to 25 years. And we were pretty fast bringing up the, our own device manufactured here in Finland by one of the EMS companies located here. And I think time to market the device, it was the 3G device, the first one. So it was 12 months. And the parallel, we started to deal with the carriers first in Europe and maybe in Russia. And so from that time, we've been working, 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 developing things. Here we are today. So as you mentioned, we do have the the next generation is out. The 4G came, if I remember, was 2014 or 15. Then we've been developing the easing ecosystem. Then uh, parallel uh, after that, IoT solutions, all kind of stuff. So as you know, the Finns are traditionally working hard. I would say that we work even harder because nothing is granted in this business world. But you need to be humble and you need to really go and set ultimatum high targets and then just climb over those and set the new ones. Yeah, you certainly have done that. We saw a couple of years ago the number one growth company in Finland. We saw also your deals on the other side of the world, which honestly people wouldn't have been able to put the two together. But you provided the services to China Telecom. It's just gone from there. It's like seems to have grown year on year, the development of us. 
Yeah, that's something which keeps you motivated and what we've been achieving. We are, of course, proud of ourselves, what we are doing, the entire team, entire company. But if I say so, that if you have a lifetime of the people or the man, so that we are like seven months old baby who just start to make first steps of walking and then try to speak and learn to speak. So we have a quite an amazing journey ahead of us. Yeah, indeed. So just to explain to those listeners who don't really know Udo, so may not have heard of us, you have several businesses, right, in the group. You have the Goodspeed yes. business, which is the device which basically the general public can use. It's been advertised in a number of really interesting media, magazines, etc. The Goodspeed device is a solution for Romy Billshock. It's something which you connect to the mobile device and yeah. simply allows you to connect well, I think it's up to 15 different devices with a view to managing the cost of the data because simply a day rate for the data. But then you also have the Euros business, which is a business which is directly towards, let's say, other B2B business, a business which is towards mobile network operators with a view for them to, to extend also the similar services which you offer in their portfolio. Would you mind to tell us a bit more about that side of the business? Obviously, so that when we started with the mobile hotspots, it was creating the awareness of the company and, and dealing worldwide, dealing with the carriers, dealing with the OEMs, dealing with the distributors and other strategic partners. Then we were going towards the easing ecosystem, and we've been building that now uh, for a couple of the years. I think we are well in advance in technology-wise uh, together with our strategic partners. And it is amazing development that we have done with the eSIM. And we've been creating the apps which are applicable for the Android world at time being. And the latest stage, we will develop that further for sure. But less than two years ago, we started really focusing on the IoT platforms. We do have like uh, Uro smart sensors for digitalizing the water, energy, i.e. it might be the paper and pulp industry, metal industry, mining, oil, gas. I see the bright future on that. And when I was in MWC, I had a lot of interesting uh, discussions and requests around the world for that. So I would call silent roaming business. It's a one pillar for us. But uh, now we are really heading for another one. We can create the connectivity from kind of the turnkey solution for the IoT world, for municipalities or even states. I mean, whatever are the emerging markets need to digitalize the, the things in various areas. So we are ready. And I truly believe that we are the only one who can really provide the turnkey solutions, so automatic billing all the apps involved, the connectivity, etc. So we are living exciting times at time being. So there's many products and solutions that we can offer, different stakeholders. Last week, I was at your stand in the Mobile World Congress, and I met some guys on the IoT side. And it strikes me that IoT platforms are definitely a future in terms of both mobile network operators and enterprises to, to get involved mm -hmm. and to establish their own Internet of Things-related business. You have already, I believe, one customer we know about already, Pisara. 
I would say we have many, many big customers joining to our offerings, what we are now working. So I think later on we will disclose a bit more. So it's not only one. So there's several, of course. But the future, how it looks like, I would say the silent Roman side, there's a lot of process and programs ongoing and also for the IOTs, right? So I would say every and each continent, the big players. So uh, I'm happy. We are humble. We try to solve all the problems and help the needs what these guys have been asking and requesting from our side. So definitely I see that we are growing all the time. I'm always, this is kind of the speech for capable guys around the world. So I'm recruiting all the time, as maybe you've been seeing, but I need talented people happy to discuss with any of them around the world. So to talk about your IoT business for a moment, a lot of people will be aware, obviously, IoT is definitely a great business and it's moving business. It's developed a lot in the last few years. Obviously, going back, at least in my career, I remember it at least 10 years ago, but can even go back much further than that. Right now, IoT platforms are something which a lot of people are interested in. Mm. Your platform then is something which helps with connectivity primarily in a global perspective? Yeah, it's, it's not all. Yeah, we have all the applications and the, the billing is inside. Many the layers, what we have vertical stuff. So there's like, I would say, 10 different stuff that we can easily do. And I was trying to look what when I had time in NWC. So IoT is still kind of the hype word in that sense, but not that many companies are really providing tangible, concrete deliverables in that sense. But definitely, if I recall correctly, the business size for IoT by 222 will be like 560 billion USD. So it's huge. So everybody wants to be a part of that. But the, obviously, you need to have a proven concept and track record that you are able to do it and serve your customers' needs. And that's something what we are thinking, of course, all the time. So, But I think we are relatively ready comparing any houses compared of our size. That's great, Jerry. Thanks. One more question I wanted to ask you from a Euros perspective is around uh, devices in general. How you feel that, you know, obviously you have a very good relationship with ZTE who manufacture your devices. What is the future of devices going to look like? What do you perceive the app is going to extend to? Of course, uh, I say we have many other guys also working with us, so we can white label the things. Maybe the people uh, are not even recognizing the using the services while we have the ability to white label our good speed brand. But the thing is as follows how I feel it. So as you know, the hardware business has been always tough to create a nice margin, so to say, which is really carrying the cost. So I see that the industry itself in the mobile phones or the smartphones, tablets whatsoever, has been going for multiple years and it has been now accelerating towards more service business. So more services, that is something which is very important for the guys who are doing the devices. So I think, and everybody who has been in the industry has recognized that then. But on the other hand, there's also when you are reaching the devices, if you take like uh, 10 to 15 different devices from the various OEMs, you can see that the tent seems to be so that, uh, for example, in Android world, so you see a lot of pure Android devices, so no pre-installed applications as such. So it's going to be interesting time now in the next two, three years. The guys who are really creating the services side and will get the customers on that services via services ecosystem side. 
we'll make money and we'll, we'll survive and maybe we'll eat some other guys. I and mean, definitely it will be the future business along with just to manufacture the hardware. And one more question on devices. Clearly, last year we saw the delivery of the first ever eSIM device, the Pixel mm. 2 by Google. You guys just recently done a report on eSIM and we're interested to know maybe what your next steps are regarding eSIM, if you're able to tell anything. Obviously, that is the one thing we are concentrating, we are developing and based on the report, what we created. So I think conclusion was in the report. Maybe for some people, it's shocking news, but as I say, as a majority of the industry players do see that the easing will anyway come. It's a matter of time. In some areas, maybe earlier, but it will come. But it takes some time. Some players are more aggressive on that one. Someone are trying to see what will happen. Because usually the first guys who are going, they, they are taking a bit risk, but they will get the highest reward. So the players who are not joining, they are having lower risk for sure, but also they will have a lower reward by the end. So it's interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, certainly it seems like in the next couple of years, probably even by 2019, we will have the big handset manufacturers around the world will start to look at these products and then the operators will simply have to start engaging with that. Of course, they have already. There's wearables, there's tablets on the market which use eSIM. But the killer device is still the smartphone. And until more devices have eSIM, I guess there's not going to be a real understanding of how it's going to work in the market. Yeah, it's, it's a very good example. It's like the guys from uh, West Coast Bay Area bring the wearable watch and uh, there was uh, some weeks back, maybe a month back, there was a big story so that they are beating the entire Swiss clock market, so to say. <laughs> so it's really big in that sense. So people doesn't understand, but that's the fact. Yeah, I have my own Apple Watch and I have to say that I know there's been a lot of <laughs> negativity around this device. What's the point of that? But actually, mm. I always really liked it. And I can imagine that it's going to be, for sure, a much bigger business in the future. So bearing in mind everything that you have done so far in your career, mm. is there any advice that you'd give to people who are thinking about entering into the telecoms market? It's not necessary to have uh, education for the telecom. It is helping, but I think the main thing is what comes from out of you. So that if you are keen to, because in this industry you need to travel a bit, you see the nice and less nice spots and then of course if you really want to achieve the goals and objectives you need to put everything what you have from your soul and spirit respective so i think it's a personal question of course but i think being the edge of the technology and then try to be in a razor's edge in that sense to go forward with the skills uh, i think the telecom business communication skills because this is a very dynamic uh, environment as such. So deciding and initiating the acts. I think when you are fast, your ability to do the things fast, you are on the safe side. I couldn't put better. As Brian Johnson <laughs> said in ACDC concert. So. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Jerry, anything else you'd like to say? I love this industry. I love the people who are there. I've been creating long life standing relations, friend relationship around the world. It has uh, taken a lot 
from my side, but also given a lot. I'm happy about that. And I'm eager to see the guys, whether it's was events or MWCs around the world or any other events or when we see in the, in the next time, uh, whatever is the occasion. So I'm thanking as of today where a person I've been ending up. So it's fantastic. So let's keep rock and roll, so to say. <laughs> well, I have to say that Uros is a brand which I think now most mobile network operators are really familiar with. And I think it's down to the fact that you're such personable and friendly people. You're there all over the world at the different events and people have really got mm. a chance to get to know you better. And that's a really nice thing to do with their supplier. So congratulations yeah. on just how far you've been taking the brand. Yeah, thanks. And thanks for very nice words, Jason. So uh, thank you. Okay, Jerry, thank you very much for your time. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Look out for more in the Well Connected series in the coming weeks. Currently, Rocco is working on a new research project with operators on silent roaming. Check out the research projects page of our website to take a short survey. Every MNO who takes part receives an exclusive free report into our findings. Until next time, this is Jason Bryan, and you've been listening to Well Connected from Rocco Radio. Thank you.